are. Let's get the party started. You are the party starter. I am the party starter. Actually, well, I'll tell the story right after I finish this song. All right, that's fair. After we introduce ourselves, just remind me. If you've got a question, the voices are resonant. Last Chicks is an SBE sponsored podcast. Welcome. Hey. Hi, I missed you. Yeah, I missed you too. I miss everybody. As you know, I'm I'm self-quarantining. Um always good. Yeah. Not well, actually it kind of sucks. Not not good, but I mean, at least you're doing the quarantine part. You know, that another week good. from exactly. Another week from now I'll look back on this and it'll just be it, it'll be nothing. Maybe it'll be a time to restock your bar cart. Yes, it'll be a perfect time to reach right over here. I don't know if I can get there. We go. There it's we running go. low now. Yeah. Well, poor um, thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. But, what? Well, um, welcome everyone. This is Plastics. I'm Lindsay Neville. And I am Mercedes Lindazri. And with our powers combined, we, we are, are Plastics. Plastic. <laughs> the voices of resin. That's us. I just dropped my pen. Wow. Well, this is going to be a fun one. We're off to a great start. It's At fine. least we're color coordinated. We are. Man, we are on it today. You know, that's important to me. So I'm I'm a design application lead at Techmer PM. I serve on several boards for uh, SPE. And I am a plastics engineer at Tech Tank in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I'm on the uh, executive board as the vice president of member engagement. Mm-hmm. Very fancy. Yeah. And uh, so we started the podcast a little over a year ago. Um, actually, I think we officially did our first recordings, which never were published, have mm-hmm. been published uh, January 3rd or something of 20 something. 20 something. 20 something. 2018. It's been 16 years. It's fine. Yeah, it's been about 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can listen to our podcast, Class Chicks, um, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Spotify, Spotify, um, Chicks, um, one word, look it up. Or if you just look up plastics under podcasts, apparently we are, we are one of the, uh, one of the popular ones. We're some of the big kids now. Look at us go. (laughs) So we, uh, we love to record them together when we are together in person at at real live uh, in-person conferences, but um, as these conferences have moved to virtual, we are uh, oftentimes doing lunch sessions. Yep. And we respect the quarantine. We're respecting it. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to introduce our awesome guest today? Yes. I am super excited to have her on. Uh, met her a few years ago. Um, she has also been very involved um, uh, in SPE. Um, and recently, uh, over the past, she's been in some, some pretty exciting news publications about a project that she's working on. Um, so without further ado, I would like to introduce Dr. Pavani Cherikupali. And I'm, I'm saying that last name with a question mark. Is it <laughs> Is it Cherikupali? It's about right. <laughs> Perfect. (laughs) Great. So you are an inventor, writer, scientist. Um, You've done some consulting for BASF. Um, You, when I met you, you were a PhD candidate. Now you've, you've earned your PhD doctor. Um, But yeah, tell us, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
I am a, like a research associate right now at the Imperial College London. And like my educational degrees are like all are in mechanical engineering. And I come from India, like until undergrad, I did it in India. And master's and PhD, I did it in the in Canada at University of Toronto. However, like as part of my PhD, I also did part of the research at Imperial College London and at MIT. And now again, I'm back at Imperial College as a full-time research associate. And at Imperial, like I'm working for both BASF and on my personal projects with Research England, UK Research and Innovation. Mm-hmm. And you, so when I met you, you were go, you were getting your PhD at University of correct? Yes, that's right. Uh-huh. And very involved in the local SPE chapter. Yes, I was. Yes. Uh-huh. Had some, uh, and you were a big advocate, not just, this is this is one thing that I, I really, really love about you, uh, doctor. I wanted to call you Pavani, but now okay. <laughs> you can call me just doctor. <laughs> um, but you were a huge advocate of, of students getting their works published. You, you, uh, I remember one of our first conversations was about, well, how do we, um, push these papers out to the, um, to the, uh, the topical division newsletters and things like that, which is just really fantastic that you're such a champion of, of um, your fellow students. Yes, yes. I love like the writing process. That is like what I found in my experience is actually like I myself being a second language speaker, I struggled a lot during PhD. Like I had like a, my very first experiment worked in the PhD. However, I couldn't able to communicate why this specific material works for this new application. And mm-hmm. I thought I'm the only person, but later on, after working with so many undergraduate and masters and PhD students, I learned that it is like everyone's problem. Mm-hmm. And actually we need to reinforce like how to present the scientific insights from undergraduate level, where the discipline like more and more, it becomes more discipline oriented. And what I found is actually we lack that kind of system. Until we come to PhD, like we are not being taught like how to present our novel insights that we bring to table. That's the reason I was like fighting for like let's give opportunity to these students uh-huh. to actually need that. It's yes. not only like to do PhD, like even if you go to like industry or go to business, you always have to present yourself what you that you know, what you can bring it to right. the table. And we don't have that system. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like uh, trying to promote through newsletters or promoting like article competitions for at undergraduate level. Yeah. And the more, you know, people see your work and question your work or even just approach you about your work, the more comfortable you get with it. You know, I remember we, not that I was ever a PhD candidate. <laughs> No. Um, But, you know, even as an undergrad, we had classes on presenting and, you know, stuff like that. And I remember the first time I I don't even remember what the question was, but it was softball and I just faltered. And by the and you just keep every week you represent, reshare new data, all that stuff. And uh, by the end of the semester, you probably could have woken me up, got me out of bed. And a minute later, I could have given you a flawless explanation of our project. (laughs) It's just, it's that practice. Right. It's, it's something that that seems maybe foreign to, or, or seems a lot of times. And I think previously was not um, part of the, the um, uh, education plan, right. For, for engineers, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's important. And, and um, I keep wanting to call you Pavane, but I'm a doctor again. Uh, completely identify with you on the, the second language thing. As you, as you know, you know I've, I've also studied in, in other countries, other continents, and, um, and you know, had to do so in different languages. And, and the, the hardest thing for me was, you know, was when I was in college in Russia was even sometimes kids remember in Russia, it's different because they didn't have borders open to foreigners, you know, once upon a time. And, and so the place where I was living, there were very, very few foreigners. And I remember a, a, maybe a 12 year old kid that I was talking with just, you know, that a friend and I were just, just uh, having to talk with on the street. And he was like, looking at me, he's like, is there something wrong with her? Like, is she, you know, and it like in my, my landlady, who's kind of like my host mother was also like, trying to explain to other people when I was new, you know, I mean, I'd studied the language for a couple years in college and I'd already been living there for four months. And still it was like, I came across like people, I was, I felt like people thought that I was stupid because I couldn't articulate. I couldn't, I couldn't find the words. Even if I looked up, you know, uh, the words and wrote them all down, people are just like, okay, like it wasn't a compelling enough. It wasn't concise enough. Um, so now we're already completely off topic because I warned you about. <laughs> we always do that, <laughs> but it's it's a, it's something that I'm really passionate about. I'm glad that you bring it up because you know mm-hmm. we talked. Um, um, we had was it Dr. Sadanjana or Professor Sadanjana was was on before. We talked about educational systems. What we really didn't talk about um, the struggle that international students face, and this applies to any any industry or any field, right? Where um, the you have these uh, uh, amazing capabilities and, and amazing um, research that you've done, but to be able to push it out to the industry, to push it out to the market, um, is a struggle all on its own. Agreed. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> but to get back, back on path. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you, you you're from India originally um, and, and you've studied the world. Um, uh, how did you come into the into the polymer industry? Uh, actually, like I came into polymer industry early on. Like in India, we have this program. Like after middle school, you can pick your engineering specialization, and I was part of that program. Fortunately, awesome. at that time, yes, thank you. <laughs> I was in mechanical engineering program. However, like we had this industrial visit at a polymer processing organization. And like there I saw like how this polymer is being produced, like how it is extruded and injection molded. I was very fascinated by the process of it, like coming this viscoelastic material, coming out of it and making, becoming this straws, like within like a couple of minutes. And I actually ended up designing like plastic washers for my last year project. And I thought I'm going to start a company. (laughs) But again, I decided to let's go to undergrad. (laughs) But luckily, again, I got the opportunity to come back to polymer industry in PhD. Again, to design like uh, this uh, polymer sponges for water treatment. This is time like when I just wanted to stay in the industry. I don't want to leave now. Yeah. And so you did undergrad in Canada or, or you did undergrad in India and then, and then PhD in Canada? Yes, I did undergrad in India and PhD in Canada. Uh-huh. And so, well, actually, and now just because we did have an agenda. I feel like Our agenda is just a suggestion. Yeah. So, but, but let's talk about, okay, so you moved to the UK um, back in January? 
uh, July, like exact one oh, year. A year. <laughs> oh, a year ago. Okay. So, so you, you know, had time to settle in, and and how has uh, how has your work and your research changed um, with the current situation? Uh, you mean the COVID situation? Mm-hmm. The COVID situation actually been very productive for me. <laughs> <laughs> like I do a lot of multidisciplinary project and work with uh, multidisciplinary research people and multicultural people. Mm-hmm. So it is extremely hard to navigate. Like, like you need to do science, which is a lone work, and again you have to work with all these people and try to understand their language and speak their language, which is like. I was going through like a really hard time juggling through all these things. But the COVID these four months gave me an opportunity to actually step back and introspect and also visit my work itself and develop a priority list. Also, I managed to write one manuscript. <laughs> which is like a gone through peer review process now at a top journal. Like I'm happy about that. So I think I I accomplished enough in four months. I'd say you did a pretty good job with your quarantine. (laughs) So I mean, like I, I I think I posted a video the other day to, to TikTok, which who knows how long that's going to be around in the U S but, um, but, uh, but yeah, what I've accomplished mostly is gaining weight and increasing my alcohol tolerance. Love it. <laughs> to you, doctor. That's um, to you. Yeah, I've perfected my online ordering skills. I'm very good at it. Well, you accidentally order a lot of booze, though, Lindsay. I accidentally order a lot of stuff. <laughs> booze related, whatever, maybe. You're a very good virtual gift giver. I am a very good or male gift giver. Yeah. I do um, what I can. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, with your, one of your big projects is obviously this sponge project. Um, do you want to just kind of go into a quick introductory about what this, what this is? Sure. So like I have been using polymer sponges for water treatment since around like 2014. And I stumbled upon this material, actually, like we were trying to like this because I'm in Canada like let's step back like I'm in Canada and the project that I've been hired for is like uh, this reclaiming Canadian oil oil industry and wastewater and like right now the like as you may know like Canada has like over 1 trillion liters of oil contaminated wastewater and they have no idea how to reclaim that we and don't know we're, we're we're from the United States we know nothing about Canada except that there's I'm a like- president i'm very i'm very canada adjacent i mean buffalo growing up from buffalo like i got a lot of canadian television so i feel i feel a little canada in my heart that's good because all this west coast west coast and east coast they like work like closely even we i also go to niagara falls to do shopping see that's only like a half hour from my parents (laughs) see i'm more of a i'm more of like a bc formerly Mm. just because i grew up in uh, you know spent 10 years in san francisco but then um uh eight years in oregon and Mm. we would go on choir trips well let's not talk about my choir trips but yeah to to vance and uh and and victoria but my field trips were Toronto. So it's like, like, you know, definitely, definitely Oregon and Washington uh, associate themselves more with, with um, British Columbia than with California. 
uh, this problem is more related to British Columbia area than more than Niagara Falls because like the oil pipeline from Canada is actually coming through British Columbia to Seattle and California. So like that's why like right now like a lot more oil spills are predicted. And on top of that, Canada itself, the Alberta province itself stores over one trillion liters of oil contaminated wastewater, which uh, spans around like 200 plus kilometers in that region. And because of this wastewater, like over 70% of wildlife has declined in that area because the poor animals, they don't know they come and they drink this water and they like end up like dying. So, which is like a huge environmental uh, problem in that province because it is also affecting the public health when this water seeps into the ground. So there has been a lot of efforts going on in developing a like, cost-effective technology to reclaim this water. It is not like lack of like uh, desire, but like the water is so complex, so it is like really hard to clean with a, like membrane technology alone, which is like becomes very expensive because of membrane falling. So like my idea was to actually use these foams as an absorbent, which is like the technology itself exists like for almost a century. It is not like a brand new idea. It exists for over a, like about 90 years. However, the challenge was lack of materials to apply this kind of technique to capture these oil droplets. And that's where like, because I had some background in polymers, like when I was in like uh, in my diploma program, I came across these polymer properties, which are like, they're so cost effective, easy to manufacture. That's why like when we want to design mechanical systems, like this, this kind of material is what we need. Like if we want to use like a cost effective treatment of anything and if they are easy to manipulate, that's why I went to these firms to capture these oil droplets. But however, over the time, like when we started to pitch this to industry people, like who are in the field, they were like, oh, okay, treating water alone is not incentive enough to tackle such a huge problem. And they were interested in actually what kind of incentive we can get. Then while brainstorming with them, like again, I came up with the idea, actually, why don't we actually recover this oil, which would have some economic value to it. And with further studies, I found that actually like global oil industry is actually interested in recovering this residual oil from the water, which is otherwise a toxic waste. And I was like, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Now I can offer an incentive, like not just the low cost material, which is also reusable by the way, then I could able to like uh, develop a method, like a new method, like where we can actually capture the droplets and also recover the oil. That's the publication that you are referring to, which was published in Nature Sustainability. (laughs) And also the editor highlighted it in their journal, which was like a very good publicity. (laughs) And there was like, there was even an article about you in Hindustan Times too. Yes, yes. Like people are very interested, but because like such a, like the material, the sponge I was using, like a normal mattress kind of polyurethane. Mm-hmm. And actually, people were impressed, like with this kind of like ordinary material, we could tackle such a huge problem, which like Canadian oil industry, oil industry trying to find solution for the past 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. So, so obviously, this this problem was was you know more focus in Canada, and so you were privy to it and thinking about it. Did you choose? To, did you did you choose this as 
you know, you, you read about this problem and then just suddenly had an idea or, or it was like, oh, this is a big problem. Let me tackle this. Or was there something like, was there a deeper inspiration for you? Uh, like for me, like uh, I was actually working on Vivos' reclamation from automotive industry, like the car paint process, which releases a lot of VOCs. And I was working for General Motors on like reducing those emissions. Because I was working on that, this project was offered to me, like like water treatment using phones. But like I was not personally connected to oil industry because I have no background in the petrochemicals or petroleum. However, like I do had like a close, uh, I could associate myself with the water problem. Like when I was very young, like in my state, like uh, our state is more agriculture-based state, but we had like a drought for over 10 years, like California also has drought, and it, for, but the repercussions for us were very different. Like there was this drought and all the farmers were going under debt and like there was hundreds of thousands of farmers were committing suicide. At the same time, in my hometown, like right next to my home, like within 0.5 kilometers, there was a lake which was heavily contaminated and we actually did not have drinking water. And we would get tap water once in a week, but we had this dirty lake which would like, because of its contamination, it was causing all the health problems to the neighboring people. So I could see the relation like, okay, actually we can solve this water problem. If I could able to tack, and I could also see the connection between this organic contamination in domestic wastewater versus oil industrial oil droplets. That's why I focus on the micropollutants and that's how I could able to tackle the oil problem. Like people think oil industry is rich, but when it comes to water, like it is like developing countries, whatever the restrictions we have, the same developer countries have the same kind of restrictions. <laughs> that was the more main motivation factor for me to work in the oil industrial wastewater. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's pretty good motivation right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with this um, project, you know, do you have plans to kind of move this project forward? Do you plan to kind of like branch off and work on other aspects of this project? Is this project... Have you taken this project as far as you can take it? And now you got some new cool thing to think up or <laughs> what are your, your plans? Um, I'm doing both. Like I'm still working on the Ireland gas side of it for uh, developing it further in the UK. And actually we got like uh, research facilities access from UK research and innovation because BP is based in UK it is easier to work for, develop it further in the UK. And the other aspect that I branched out is like a uh, pathogens removal from wastewater because the sponge is such an affordable material. We can mm -hmm. actually go back to this developing countries problem, which I was talking about my hometown. The same problem is happening in Rwanda, like Kigali city, which is a capital city. And right now Rwanda is like, uh, it is going to be a new Singapore, like. A, New Singapore of Africa. It is extremely rapidly developing country. It is very small. They got like uh, their freedom like in 90s, but mm -hmm. the people are so driven there. They are developing their country so rapidly. There, It is rapidly undergoing through the urbanization and industrialization, but this is all happening near, on the coast of a river. 
but at the same time the local people don't have access to like a clean water like industrial wastewater is released into this river the same water is consumed by people so uh, like i'm trying to use this technology to tackle this organic and biological contamination with the help of government and use it uh, and doing some pilot study there this is this is incredible like doctor you are are you know, people talk about plastics, uh, you know, five years ago, like four, four or five years ago, um, I viewed plastics as, uh, you know, the antithesis of, of environmentalism. You know, um, I thought it was just all bad for the environment. Now it's like, you know, you were so wrong. Yeah, I was so wrong. But, <laughs> but you know, the, the projects that you're working on, doctor, like, I mean, it's you're you're changing the world for the better. You know your your developments in your your passion, right? Um, because it, it's not just a standalone paper, right? Just knowing that that you know you're okay, you are working on this project for the oil and gas industry, but now with your background and the framework and understanding the problem, you know, of the you know water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink. Uh, you know, it's 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 incredibly inspirational, and I'm. I'm so happy that I'm in this industry. <laughs> do you, You're on your, industry. on your resume, do you put like, I save the world or like, how do you, how do you summarize that on your resume? Just asking. Oh, well, <laughs> Not that I will put that. <laughs> on my resume, I don't put anything like that because in <laughs> academia, like they want like objective, like evidence-based, analytical. Uh, I'm, uh, they're I'm, no fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, on social media site, I do emphasize that I want to work on like uh, pressing uh, pressing problems that society is facing. Like one of them is water, but yeah. on the line, I also want to work on the electricity, which is another huge problem. Like although, like we see, like here, like in Canada, like I never, I rarely ever experience any elect- electricity shortage. But in developing countries, especially for my childhood, I spent many evenings like with the candlelight. And you have to still compete in the education system to be able to get into college. But it was like, my God, it is such a harsh time. And I don't want other people to go through what I went through. So electricity is one thing I want to work on. Again, where I want to use polymers. But for now, like I'm focusing only on the water treatment side. And I do highlight those on my social media, <laughs> my introduction. Save page. one industry at the time, at a time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, the, the electricity speaks to me, you know, when I was in, in Russia and uh, we had we had an afternoon class, which in the winter it was, you know, dark outside. And it was a poetry class where we would, you know, read Russian poetry and the lights went out <laughs> and it was dark outside. So we couldn't see anything, you know, and it was like we, you know, the, the Americans thought like, OK, well, now we'll just leave. You know, we get the, the evening off, the, the afternoon off. But then our, our professor was then, you come up with solutions, right? When you're faced with the, these kind of situations. So she just started reciting poetry that she knew from memory. And but it's, you know, um, when when you when you experience those kind of um, difficulties, your your brain develops right in, in a way where you are, you know, have to be more of a problem solver just to survive. Right just to get an education. So, yeah. uh, so that's how you become innovative. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your comfort zone will kill you, right? Yes. So, um, so what is next for you? Are you are you planning to stay in academia? Are you are you planning to to go to industry? You're gonna start your own company. What's next? Like all three are options for me because like I can adapt to any kind of industry. But for me, the core is like, I want to work on practical solutions that can have like a quicker and profound impact on people's lives. So like I, right now, like I'm opening myself to all three in types of jobs, but whoever will give me the best resources to be able to achieve that, I will get into that path. Well, either way, you're still going to be amazing and do amazing things. There's just, there's no stopping you. Thank you. I don't say that to a lot of people. I'm very judgy. She's very judgy. She's super judgy. Very judgy. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been an awesome interview. You're the coolest. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Huge inspiration. So um, this interview will be posted. We're, you know, we're, we're doing them and then they're, they're going out a few months later on the, is it the first Friday of every month or the last first Friday, Friday of every first month? Friday of every month. My man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Dr. Pavani uh, Chirikupuli, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Got a question, the voices of res in our head. Oh, last chance.